Hello, and welcome to the Public Diplomat Dialogue. This is Professor Guy Golan, broadcasting from the beautiful and slightly cold campus of Syracuse University. Today, in the studio, we have Janet Jarman, who is an international photojournalist, TED Talk speaker, and a writer. Janet, welcome to the studio. Thanks, Guy. It's really a pleasure to be here. All right. So, um, you are a photojournalist and a journalist and a multimedia producer. When people hear the terms photojournalism and journalism, how are the two different from one another? I think journalism, people, and especially in Latin America where I'm based, they assume journalism is just the writing and photojournalism is just the pictures. But I certainly think the two worlds have merged in the, in the last decade. And really, it's all about storytelling. We are storytellers and we cover the news. And there are all sorts of different forms. I mean, now as a multimedia journalist, you're doing interviews and using many more skills than when I started. Absolutely. And for the listeners, uh, we'll just tell them you're based in uh, Mexico City. Yes. In the great nation of Mexico. And uh, a lot of your storytelling deals with the topic of immigration. Correct. Right. So in your TED Talk, which I enjoyed very much, you speak about the news media and its framing of the immigration debate, right? What are some um, trends you see when it comes to uh, U.S. news media's coverage or framing of immigration? Right. I think certainly when I started my career, stories about immigration usually dealt with the topic in statistics. And we talked about people and their lives. We talked as numbers. So they were just numbers, leaving out the chance to really get to know them or understand them. And in recent years, the topic is often framed in political ways or economic ways. We talk about immigrants from an economic perspective or from a political perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, border security, uh, welfare benefits, a uh, very controversial topic. But you argue that we need to move away from these stereotypes, or from this narrow form of framing, and towards a much more humane perspective. Is that correct? That's correct. I mean, it's hard to do because we are given less and less time to do stories about real people to dive into these stories on a deep level. So, although it's difficult, I think it's necessary. But what are some of the uh, dangers you think, or you speak about, in terms of the narrow framing when it comes to the immigration debate? Well, I think one of the reasons I got into journalism was because I wondered why people were so divided. I mean, as a, as a young child, I was wondering this. And I think in journalism, too, or as you grow up, we tend to, as a society, categorize everyone. And stories do that, too. There, there always has to be a way to somehow categorize or label something. And we need to just tell stories about people. And I guess uh, photojournalism has a unique opportunity to do so, since a picture does supposedly say a thousand words. Is that correct? Yeah, I think the, the danger of putting people in, into categories or um, relating them to different themes like crime and border security so by focusing on these themes and stereotypes, we're missing the real story about the people. Yeah. And the people who are ultimately uh, affected by immigration uh, on both sides, right? Right. I mean, I think what we tend to do is the, we're talking about immigrants in the framework of how do they threaten society instead of what are they contributing. Yeah, that's an excellent point. So how, how do photos 
help uh, build that bridge or overcome that narrow framing? I think photographs are a very powerful way to talk about a topic that's this deep and this complex and this controversial and this emotional. Because I received my a comment once on, on a story that I've done on immigration and how can you hate when you can see the faces? So I think that photographs allow you to, on some level, have an emotional connection with a topic, with a person, an individual in the photo, but in, in a different way than maybe text does. I've always found it interesting that my word colleagues, when they write stories about immigration, some often get scathing comments from people who don't even have the courage to leave their names. Whereas photographs, the comments that I've received, have been of a much different sort. So maybe it allows audiences and readers to connect to the people in the pictures instead of thinking about them as statistics. I certainly hope so. That's been my goal all along. All right. So in your quest to humanize uh, the immigration story, you followed a family for a very long time. Can you please tell the listeners about the Mary Saul project? Right. Years ago, almost 17 years ago, I found myself working on um, environmental issues on the Mexican side of the Mexican-U.S. border. And some nuns had taken me to the municipal trash dump. looking They wanted to show me the most toxic places on the border. And I had the, a chance meeting, a wonderful opportunity, it turned out, to, to meet a family working there and learn about their story of how they wanted to, to cross into the United States. And I'd always wanted to do a much broader story that showed why people leave and how their life unfolds when they're in the U.S., But at this moment, in 1996, I had no idea this would be the story that would allow me to do that. Okay, so um, you met this family. You met Marisol and her family. What happens next? I met her family, and her mother asked her mother if I could take a picture of her. She was eight years old. And her mother said, sure. And we stayed there until it became dark. And I lived with them for a week and photographed. And I thought this story had one dimension then from a journalistic perspective, but I loved spending time with them and asked if I could come back and, and follow their life more. I went back to see them, and they had boarded up their house, and they were gone. Mm. They did exactly what they said. And I found them through many talking to many people in their neighborhood. I finally tracked them down in Florida. So from California all the way to Florida. What brought them to no, Florida? No, from Matamoros, Mexico. Oh, okay. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, from Matamoros, Mexico, where mm -hmm. I met them, all the way to Florida. Mm -hmm. Their dad was a legal resident. Mm -hmm. He became legal in 1986 and wanted his whole family in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So one night they crossed, and they were all started a new life that day. Mm -hmm. So I found them in Florida. They were picking strawberries for a season, mm -hmm. and I began to see the dynamics of their life, and I... They later moved to Texas later in the year and kept in touch with me, and I kept visiting them. Mm -hmm. And the story just opened up a whole world to me to understand immigration on such a deeper level than I ever imagined by witnessing, over the years, obstacles and triumphs. So what are some of the key lessons from the Marisol story that can be applied to other immigrant stories, do you think? I think what people can learn is they can start seeing, hopefully through the Marisol story, they might be looking at the life of one young girl, but they can possibly understand that there are millions of young women out there like Marisol who are really, who were brought to the U.S. and had some opportunities but faced many challenges, family separations, economic challenges, um, 
discrimination in some cases, language barriers. And later in her life, um, she became older and identity crisis, not knowing whether she belonged to the U.S. or, or to Mexico. And then cultural and social barriers. It is actually a very challenging situation. And a lot of people forget that, you know, when we talk about immigration, a lot of the immigrants, especially from Latin America, from Central America, are very young people. Definitely. They're young people, and they're escaping sometimes often violence in their countries. They're escaping economic situations where, and, and parents too, they, what must it be like to be a parent knowing that maybe in your town your kids will not have a chance? And so they move, but they persevere. And the type of person who does that can actually be a huge asset. So you follow, you follow this young uh, girl from the garbage uh, trash collection in uh, the Mexican border town all the way to Florida, then to Texas, and now as an adult with children. Is that correct? That's correct. You still keep in touch with her? I do still keep in touch with her. Our relationship has, has grown. We're both a big part of each other's lives. So what, is, uh, what has become of Marisol? Marisol, it's, it's a great success story, I think. It depends on how you define success, and for her it is. She's a mother of three and determined to make these children, give them opportunities that she never had. And she called me the other day just to tell me that her little girl got the best grades in her class. So when people think about immigration, what would you like them to think about? I would like them to think about new talent, new potential, and think of how that can be nurtured, not think about how does this threaten my lifestyle, but how can I learn from this person? Absolutely. And uh, we see immigration uh, coming not only from Central America, we see it a lot from uh, Eastern Europe, we see it from Asia. The United States is constantly being reshaped and revitalized by our immigrants. Yours truly is an immigrant as well, as a child. Um, so when people go on your website, they listen to your TED Talk, they're going to hear about the need to humanize the immigration story, right? Photojournalism can help do that. Is that correct? Yes, I think photojournalism as a medium can be very powerful in humanizing the immigration issue or, or any complicated topic for that matter because it takes it out of the abstract academic realm and delivers a very real experience. Absolutely. Okay, so if people want to learn more about uh, the Marisol Project, uh, where can they go? They can go to my new website, which is um, www.janetjarman.com, and the Marisol story is there, and many other in-depth stories that I've done while being based in Mexico. Okay, and if people want to follow you on Twitter? They can follow it at Janet Jarman. And I'm also on Instagram. Of course. Okay, very good. And for our listeners, we will link uh, the TED Talk and to her website as well. Um, and for everything else uh, dealing with the international and many facets of public diplomacy, please join us again. Follow us on Twitter at public underscore diplomat. Give us a like on Facebook and, of course, on thepublicdiplomat.com. For Janet German, I'm Guy Golan from the Newhouse School. Thanks for listening.